Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and one more time we are joined by the fantastic Dallas Amico of the Strickland uh, to debate the best Knicks under 25, where we have them ranked. We finished up last episode with Dallas making an impassioned case for Jericho Sims. Alex, where do we pick off? Pick up now? Well, we're going to talk about Quentin Grimes, who you and I both had in the same spot that Dallas had Sims. Talk about how there's there's such a thin margin between all the various young players that kind of fall below like the very top tier with IQ and RJ and arguably Obi. Then we'll talk about Mitchell Robinson some. We'll talk about Cam Reddish and how despite being one of the the least polished guys that he has one of the most intriguing uh, ceilings of any of the guys on the team and a bunch more on this episode of Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. Uh, and we're now available on all platforms, including, and you know this, if you've been seeing our smiling faces, Dallas's smiling face, you know, you could hear Schwinn cursing either over audio or on video, but it just, it's just, it's a little more fun on video, even if it's just the Strickland logo uh, moving up and down. But we are now on YouTube, so please, please, please go check us out on YouTube. Throw us a like, throw us a comment, throw us a subscription. Who's talking to you? That's a good question. I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster, uh, currently covering boys and girls high school lacrosse for the Varsity Media Sports Network. Actually, have two uh, top 20 matchups, two top 20 teams in the nation. Uh, to, oh, that was I guess that was yesterday at this point. But I have two top five teams on Saturday, so certainly uh, tune in on the Varsity Media Sports Network. He is Alex Wolf, much more relevant to your concerns. Uh, the editor-in-chief of The Strickland. You can find him on all social media at The Strick dot land they do incredible work and we are joined by one of their finest writers one of their finest personalities dallas amico to finish up our knicks asset rankings so without further ado let's get into it with dallas so i i think grimes is my next guy and you know i think it's just it's sort of like what we talked about with you know rj versus quickly in some ways but like a different argument you know what i mean like i think you can already see you know, if you're talking about that Jay Crowder type guy, I think that Grimes, based off what we saw this year, no matter what is going to end up a Jay Crowder type, you know, no matter what happens the rest of his career, like he'll have a job until he's like 35 years old because he's just going to play defense. and He's going to shoot threes. And he's going to do both at a good level as long as he doesn't get, you know, killed by injuries or something, which like knock on wood won't happen. But, you know, like as long as he stays healthy and stuff, he'll be able to do that until the day that he decides not to anymore in the NBA. Um, and so the the questions with him then become like, how much more of those flashes that we saw this year that harken back to his like point guard and primary initiator high school and then like failed stint at Kansas days, do we see? Um, and obviously this failed stint at Kansas was failed for a reason, you know, it just didn't work out. He went to Houston, had a more defined role cut out for him where he was more of just a three and D guy and, and it really helped him flourish. 
But, I mean, we saw this year there are some flashes of a guy that can sort of run things and transition a bit, you know, like can can be, you know, start the break and, and make a good pass and transition to find somebody for a three or find a, you know, an Obi Toppin streaking down the court, which, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to find, you know, a, a Obi Toppin streaking down the court sometimes, but it does take someone with the wherewithal to look for that. Um, you know, then there's like just his ability in the half court to, we saw him occasionally attack closeouts this year of being able to put it on the floor when someone tries to, you know, come out and challenge his obviously extremely potent three-pointer. Uh, you know, he did show the ability to not just get inside and, and attempt a layup or a floater or whatever, but also some pretty good instincts as far as like attacking the closeout. So attacking the first defender that went for him and then attacking the second defender that bid on him too, by then having the wherewithal to make a good pass to like a big, um, you know, sometimes it was a, I seem to remember a really great wraparound pass that he had at one point. Uh, to find a big for a dunk. Um, you know, there were other passes where you would catch guys coming in like backdoor as the big was helping up on him. You know, th- there was just like these little flashes. So I think if he can become a guy that, you know, can do those sort of things and put the ball on the floor and be more than, you know, let's say that if he didn't add anything in the playmaking department, you know, if everything broke right for him, he could become like Clay Thompson that, you know, like barely ever dribbles the ball, but just bangs threes all day. And, you know, can do some stuff in transition a little bit and can play great defense. And that would be amazing. But there's also this outline there of someone who could potentially be more than that, Um, which, Gavin, I know that you loved all those all those sort of flashes, too. So I'll let you kind of make that case for Grimes as far as like the playmaking and stuff go. Yeah, I think I think that would be my argument for him versus Sims. And, and granted, I probably don't appreciate the nuances of, of Sims screening uh, quite as much as people who, frankly, know the game better than I do. But um, I just thought like some of the stuff that Grimes did was special. I mean, like coming in and like his first real playing time and making eight threes like that just that's that's more than like a typical like three and D guy to me. That's like that's something a little different. And I, I it's a shame because of his injury and, and because tips just decided to like couch him for the first 30, 40 games. Like we didn't really get to fully explore that and see if he could do that with a little bit more consistency. But even some of the finishing around the basket, like he flashed some real athleticism. I think he is real functional strength around the rim, like with his ability to take body contact and, and still score through it. Um, his defense, like just how strong his hands are and his ability to get strips and stuff. And to be clear, I, I love Sims. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but his, his like that play he had on, um, I mean, twice against Kevin Durant against the Nets, like the, the verticality at the rim, like that's nuts. And that's something Mitch for how incredible his shot blocking is. And maybe with Mitch, like a, a lot of the genius of him is the shots that don't get taken because he's on the court, but you rarely see that body to body contact with Mitch. And that, that's what Sims has, which is so impressive. And I think why, well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm certainly open to hearing a case for him um, over Mitchell Robinson. And then going back to summer league, we saw flashes of like an expansive offensive, maybe expansive is too strong, but, but certainly expansive relative to Mitchell Robinson offensive game for Jericho Sims. Like he had a little teardrop. He had a pivot and a hook, I believe with either hand. And I think in the NBA, you see him like half making those moves and then pause and then kicking them out. That's just confidence. It's going to come with time. I think he's going to figure that out. I, I'm I'm a big fan of his. I think he's going to be a rotation big for a long time. To me, like if, if maybe you don't want to say Grimes is star equity because I think it's still small. But if, if you want to have that conversation, I would I would just say he is more of that than Sims and um, Mitch do while, while also having just an insanely high floor. And it's that combination that made it a thought in my head, which I don't think it was for you guys to maybe even have him over Obi. But to me, he's, he's pretty clearly um, – Fourth, um, yeah, maybe we can wrap up on, uh, unless you have some more thoughts on that, Dallas, like Sims versus Mitch, because to me, my case for, I had Mitch at fifth, Alex, I believe you also had Mitch at fifth, right? 
Um, yeah, by a hair over yeah. over Cam Reddish. Uh, yeah, who we didn't who even I, mention yet. Yeah. It's sort of just the mystery box. You know what I mean? He's like the the guy who you don't necessarily know if he's put it together yet. But yeah, yeah. we talk so, about him briefly in a sec. Yeah, I'll very quickly say like I think the, the the interesting thing comparing those two is Mitch's strengths are so strong. Right, he was literally the best field goal percentage season in NBA history. I think like maybe the highest career field goal percentage in NBA history. The the shot blocking with either hand is still incredible. Um, but he lost a little bit of that perimeter mobility, which is what had me so excited about him early in his career. Like we, we did this whole podcast after the playoffs last year. Where I was talking about like the role DeAndre Ayton played on the Phoenix Suns. And I was saying what has me so excited about Mitch is I think he can be that big that you just cannot play off the court in the playoffs. And I don't, I don't know if that's true, but like with some of his limitations offensively and the fact that it just seems at this point, like he sort of is who he is on that side of the ball with, with even more dominant offensive rebounding, of course, added in this year with his added size. Um, Jericho just gives you more versatility there. And, and Dallas, I think if, if I, if I could speak for you, like that's sort of what you're getting at, like with his ability to play multiple schemes and to get on the perimeter. That's what I used to love about Mitch, but I don't know if at his added size, he can, he can still do that. All right, guys, we're going to continue this discussion or I, I hate to say it, but we're going to start wrapping up this discussion on the next best assets under the age of 25. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys a little bit about our good friends at Prize Picks. Are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? They need to try the awarding app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and we know you will too. You pick two to five players and an over-under in their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, folks. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. Prize Picks even allows mixed sport entries, so you could bet on the uh, over-under uh, Yankees runs. Versus Trey Young field goals made in the game. I know normally you take Trey Young field goals, but the way he stunk it up today against the Heat, who's to say? Sorry, that was a pot shot. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA; they have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get fifty dollars for free if a play in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code MBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code MBA fifty dollars for free if a play in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. And if you want to find one of the best places to bet sports, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Let's go Mets. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Gavin, I have not nearly the same amount of sympathy for one Trey Young. And I'm going to take the Miami Heat minus seven and a half in game two against the Hawks. I think that the the Heat are too well coached of a team and too talented to let a player like Trey Young beat them. And therefore, we'll take a 2-0 series lead. I'm also taking the Grizzlies minus seven over the Timberwolves, which might be risky for a team that just dropped game one. But I think they're going to come with some more fervor in game two to try to even that series up so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action bet online where the game starts yeah yeah they're very different defenders um i think if you're like if you're playing with mitch on the court you want to play drop coverage and if you're playing with jericho in the court you want to play an aggressive blitz or you want to play switch um and there's value to both of those on the defensive side um i mean you can't really uh it's hard it's hard to look at 
um, just like defensive rating numbers for Mitch and be like, oh, you know, hard to be down on him after the when you consider the fact that he's played with Kemba, Evan Fournier, right? Like Jolie's Randall, right? And still, like, we have, uh, as what was, uh, I forget the exact number. What was our, our since the All Star break, we've been a what? The third defense? best defense in basketball, tied with the Suns. Third, third best, best defense, defense in basketball, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now the starting lineup is not the primary explanation for that, I don't think. But um, still, that he treaded water at times with those guys is like a testament to him being a solid uh, drop defender. Um, uh, but yeah, his perimeter mobility is lacking. Um, there's there's a weird like what if with Mitch, where his uh, conditioning last offseason was so obviously so bad, um, and he did so obviously all the wrong things that there's still this question of like, what if he does it right? Um, now, one thing I feel pretty confident with Mitch at this point is that he's not a high field guy. Yeah. Um, thus like it took him a long time to really get the principles of drop coverage down. Um, and once he had them sort of like memorized and as like wrote, you know, built wrote memory kind of, he was able to execute them. But he's not this guy who like improvises and like makes it work and makes the right rotation and the right situation, you know that sort of thing. He's not super intuitive um, on either side of the ball doing anything. Um, so he's really big and he's a great shot blocker and he has very good feel for that. Um, I don't think that's you know arguable. And he's maybe the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. Uh, I think he's better than Stephen Adams. Because he owned Steven Adams, right? Like he, yeah. uh, we watched him play the Grizzlies and he made him like a rag doll, which was insane. Like during that stretch of games, he looked like just athletically compared to the guys he was playing next to, he looked like Wilt Chamberlain almost. Like just was insane how he was just bodying and destroying it. So there's like this sort of argument where you can think like, okay, he's not, his feel isn't that great and his offensive limitations are very big. But if he gets, like, some of this athleticism back, you could still think of him as being this just, like, really dominant force. Um, so just I can understand freak. an argument yeah. for him. Um, but I just really value – and here's something I'll say. It's funny, um, it's funny after this season where I think, like, one of the biggest problems with the Knicks is that they continued to put out lineups that were worse than the sum of their parts. Um, but if you were to summarize what the front office has done – almost every player they've chosen is a sort of player who is greater than they are individually when put with other guys. So like, if you think of like Obi, you think of Emmanuel quickly, you think of Grimes, you think of Deuce, you think of Sims. When these guys are on the court, you sort of get this synergy where like, they're all excellent decision makers. They have high feel and you start to get these products that are greater than the individual. Some of the, you look at like individual talents and you're like, I don't know. But then you put them together and you just have this high feel, high intuitive basketball that's incredible and just radically different from what we saw on the court this year, which is kind of funny because like you put <laughs> the guys we had on the court, right, uh, at least in our starting lineup, our starting units, um, like Mitch, pretty low feel, Julius Randle, pretty low feel, uh, Kemba was he's had average feel at best throughout his career. You know, he's not, he's never been like this like high intuitive guy, but he's been reasonable, but just like took a turn to the worst this year. You know, um, maybe Evan Fournier. Well, probably RJ was the best feel guy in the starting lineup, but like 
when RJ and Evan are your best guys, you're not looking good in terms of feel, right? Like, so you just had this on both offense and defense, this worse than the sum of your parts thing, which is funny because it looks like all the players that the front office has really targeted in terms of draft selections are just greater than the sum of your parts guys. Um, so I value that a lot. And I think Sims does Sims is that sort of guy. Um, so I think I put Sims ahead for that reason. Cause I think he sort of will make, he can make a lineup go to levels that Mitch can't. Um, and I really think the ultimate part of the justification too, is like this back of the head calculation that I think like the ultimate sort of offense that this team is going to be best served with is going to be an offense that actually uses a lot of off ball um actions which requires more of like something motiony that requires more feel and more intuition and also devalues offensive rebounding as a result because usually it brings bigs out to the perimeter um and so that sort of view thinking of like emmanuel quickly and grimes um i mean currently evan fournier these are guys who are really good motion shooters i think they're just going to have a lot of value by being in offenses like that um and ob is going to be have value in an offense like that that it makes me think um, this intuitive screener, this guy who's better has better feels, that sort of thing. And when you're going to devalue offensive rebounding anyways, which is one of Mitch's greatest strengths, I, I just I guess I put him above because of that. Uh, I hear the argument for the other, though. I'm not super confident in that because, yeah, Mitch has. I don't know. We used to think of him as this, like, possible Gobert type. I don't think he has. I no longer think he has the feel for that. Um uh, but yeah, anyways. Yeah, I, I totally feel that. I mean, I think that it is that, you know, they're, they're very different in what they do, but I, I you know, it, it is kind of bizarre because they're both like athletic freaks, Jericho and, and Mitch, but in very yeah. different ways, you know, yeah. it's like they utilize it in different ways. And mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing for Mitch going forward is just going to be how much of a bug in his ear can you be? You know, like, I think that he has all the physical gifts in the world and all of the instinct in the world. You, you know, you say feel uh, does it, in, instinct. I mean, differently, you know what I mean? Like his his ability to react to something and, and block it with either hand, you know, is just his like quick twitch athleticism in that way is crazy. You know, his ability to read a play, which I would say more is like feel more than instinct, you know, is not the best and it's definitely taken him being yeah. more studious in that regard but how much can you get in his ear about the things that he works on you know can you get someone that finally goes to him like look mitch you might not be i, I don't know what his weights were but let's say that he came into the league at 225 or something and then he maxed out at like 280 and now is comfortably slotted in at like 255 or 250 you know someone to get into his head like hey mitch like you might not be 280 anymore but you're, you know, you're definitely more than 225. Like you can set a screen and you're not going to get obliterated anymore. Um, Cause I think his screening is actually in some ways regressed because he did used to kind of get destroyed as like rookie year on screens. If you had set a good screen. Um, so I, I think he needs to work on that. And, you know, if he can just dedicate himself to doing those sort of things, like there is a world where I could see him still, you know, becoming a, a really good player and maybe finally, you know, putting himself in contention for one of those like defensive player of the year awards that he seems to want to strive for, you know, and I, I think that he has the raw ability for, it's just going to be like, how can you harness him? Well, and, and I think he's, I think he's already a good player. Oh yeah. Like, he's fantastic. I think he's like yeah. probably, um, you know, there's 30 teams in the NBA. Uh, so there's gotta be 30 starting centers. He's clearly in the top 30 starting centers, right? Like oh, yeah. 
I think he's probably so that's a pretty high floor to start with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking yeah. about trying to build off, he's probably like safely top 25. Yeah. Um, Maybe even top 20, top, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's an yeah. argument for top, there's an argument for 15 or so, yeah. right? Around that range, middle of the tier starting center. So, like, he already has a very high floor. So, I, I, I mean, I want to say I'm with you with, on that. I will say, I bet he right now is at best 280. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I think Bam out of bio is 250 and Mitch is like three inches and like a lot of, a lot of muscle. And <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. reported. I think he was, re- or I think Mitch himself said before the season that he was up around 280. Um, I bet he was over 300. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, for his <laughs> size, it is pretty tough. I mean, cause he's like what? Seven one, right? Yeah. He's, and yeah. he's a solid seven one having stood next to that guy. He is, he is a solid seven one. And um, Bam is like six nine, yeah, and he's two fifty. Yeah. So I mean, Bam's got a lot of muscle. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I guess I, I don't know. Splitting hairs. Either way, if he's sure, yeah, two sixty five, yeah. whatever, you know, he, he could take a screen. Is the main yeah, point. Yeah. He could definitely take a screen. All right, we'll be right back in where we'll finish up this discussion, including where I, I make a point to give Cam Reddish a shout out on this list as one of the most intriguing guys on the Knicks roster and kind of forgotten based off the fact that he was not on the, you know, with the team to end the season with that injury. But this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you want to endure all the pointless or intimidating questioning about the, the, you know, particulars of your car and everything else when all you need is just the part. You looked it up already. You Googled, you did your whole thing. You watch YouTube videos on how to fix your car. You just need the part. You don't want to deal with all this questioning and then that price tag when the guy at the counter tells you it's going to be like 350 bucks or whatever. Why would you want to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could save all that money at rockauto.com? Get it shipped right to your door. For example, if you're trying to fix the family van, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from chain stores, just $216 from rockauto.com. So not only can you fix the family van, you can take the whole family out for pizza afterwards with that money that you just saved. It's perfect. And still have a few dollars to put in your pocket afterwards. Totally great. So head to rockauto.com right now and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. If you decide to get something right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I'll just quickly, before we wrap up here, I'll just lay out a quick case. I can't, uh, maybe we could say who was on our bubble. Although I guess I don't know how many guys there really are left at this point. Sims obviously was on my bubble for, too. For Ron Hunt for you too, Alex? Yeah, no? for Ron Hunt. Yeah, I got to make yeah. the case for him right now. <laughs> um, all apologies Ryan, to just... <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Hart's He needs a is pair st- of NBA shoes and he'll be is, okay. He is, kept he still under, and... is he still under 25 <laughs> to make the list? No, it's gotta be gotta be right on the cusp. Um, Old, right? Yeah, I I think he came in old, so he's got to be over twenty five. He was on Villanova's twenty sixteen national championship. Yeah, twenty seventeen. It's been a minute for him. Um, but I'll just make the quick case for Cam Reddish too. I think for everything that we've said, uh, uh, let's just go back to like the wingy guardy type players. You know, like like if you want to talk like IQ, RJ, Grimes, right? All the things that they have going for them. I think we've seen with Reddish, and I mean, I'd be lying if I said I watched enough of his Hawk stuff to really say this in an informed way, but the flashes that we saw out of him, I think suggest that 
while he probably has the lowest floor of anybody, he might also arguably have the highest ceiling if everything would click for him. Um, I mean, he's, he's fluid as an athlete, but he's more bouncy, I think than like RJ or IQ or certainly Grimes, you know, he, he has probably the most vertical, I, other than the centers, you know, like other than like Sims, Mitch, whatever, I think among like the wing type players, you know, I think he and Obi are sort of like in their own class as far as like bounciness and like just pure athleticism, you know, that they have available to them. He's shown the ability to pull up shoot, even if he can't do it well yet. You know, the process is there. The ability to generate the looks is there. He's shown the ability to shoot threes, albeit not consistently enough. He's shown the ability to get to the rim and draw free throws. I thought that was probably his best thing that he did as a Nick was draw free throws. He did that just at a really great rate. Uh, for the the small amount of minutes and and role that he was playing, you know, I just think that there is framework for him of a potential star. Now it's just whether he gets there or not. I don't. I I think it's exceptionally unlikely that he turns into a star. I I hope for his sake that you know if things aren't going that direction, that he eventually sort of recalibrates and learns how to turn himself into a role player and and lets go of the dream of being a star. But you know, if he could work on the mechanics and and the fine tuned part of his games, like of his game, the the like tools that he has at his disposal, I think are fantastic. Um, as far as the physical tools and the and the physical gifts that he's that he has, so you know, I think he's a good honorable mention in that sense. That and it speaks to the depth of the young talent on this team too, that we can go five deep and still potentially leave off a guy like a Mitch or a Sims or a Grimes or a Reddish that on some other teams or especially Nick teams of the past would almost be viewed more like a centerpiece. You know, there's one point where Kevin Knox was the the centerpiece young asset of this team. <laughs> and that was only a few short years ago. So I think that's my wrapping up point. You know, one of the guys that got left off could potentially turn into the biggest star of all of them if everything breaks right. And yet none of us would even feel comfortable ranking him in the top five as of right now. Yeah, I'll quickly throw out on Cam Reddish. I think my dilemma with him is similar to Julius Randle, where I absolutely believe he has the basketball IQ to fit into the infrastructure that we've been talked about. I mean, and Dallas, what you were just mentioning, like this team of, of high field guys that are greater than the sum of their parts. And I think the difference is Reddish, uh, and this this is what made me so happy and why it kind of breaks my heart he didn't get to finish the season. More and more so, he was showing the inclination to play like that and to fit within that style. And I thought... And even when he like over the first seven or eight games, he was shooting something like 20 percent from the field and 15 percent from three. And I, I didn't even care because I was like, you know, I think his heart's in the right place. Like, sure, there was the one like terrible, like pull up three every game that clanged off the side of the rim. But by and large, like I didn't think like for all the talk that he had of wanting to be a star and like wanting to play like that and how Atlanta didn't let him play like that. And the Knicks obviously even even more so weren't letting him play like that. Like, I think his I think his intuition was in the right place. And to Alex's point, if he plays with that mentality, he can just – he has this athletic ability and fluidity of his size that just – there's no one else on the – like he even, even compared to RJ, who would typically be the number one guy in that category, like he fits through gaps that – no one other than Emmanuel quickly, I think, fits through on this team. And he does so at six foot seven, like with with the with the substantial sample size of shooting almost 40% from three. 
Like they, there's uh, to Alex's point, there's there's a case to be made for him as high as like three or four on this list. I, I don't think he belongs there yet, just because he hasn't shown any kind of consistency in his best stretch for like a game and a half before he got hurt. But I'm I'm super excited about him, and I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, Dallas. But I I kind of think. And it's, it's going to take a mentality adjustment to some extent and maybe like a look in the mirror and say, all right, who am I in the NBA? But I really think he could fit in into the sort of infrastructure that the Knicks are building right now. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of the stuff you're saying. Um, for me, I just felt like I couldn't rank either him or McBride really um, and be confident about it. Um, with Cam playing, he played like 215 minutes for the Knicks and McBride played like, 300 minutes for the Knicks or something like that. So, like, in those ranges, I just don't feel like I have enough feel for the game, for their games. Um, So, yeah, I definitely, like, the stuff you're saying, like, the slipping through the athleticism, like, where there was a few, there was a few times, um, I sent a video to, you guys talked about Prez earlier, I presume he's been on the show several times, Um, but uh, Prez, uh, I sent him a clip because he always gets excited about splitting the double. And there was like, you know, the Knicks haven't done that. There's not been anybody who could do that on the Knicks for years. Yeah. Um, but there was a, a a moment where Cam Ryder split a double team. And it was primarily not because of his handle, which is often the case with like a Kyrie Irving or something like that. Uh, but it was because he just could slide through two guys um, with his athleticism. Um, and his first step, right, just take this giant leap and beat them both and split the double. It was amazing. It was really cool. Um, and there were these sort of athletic flashes that were super cool. And part of what we heard coming from the Hawks was like, Oh, maybe, uh, you know, lots of athleticism and like flashy potential, but poor feel or whatever. And, you know, like this was some of the stuff I heard, but he looked like he had, I don't know. I thought he was making reasonable decisions out there, but again, I just don't feel like for me, 200 minutes, 215 minutes or whatever is enough to have like a really solid view. Um, so I didn't feel confident about either him or McBride, which like, I know, again, so Prez is somebody who's watched a ton of McBride from other areas. And he is in my ear telling me he's like, he's like super high on um, Deuce, which again, it just speaks to the good problem of the Knicks have just an amazing core of young guys with a lot of potential. Um, but I don't have any sense of like how to rank either Cam or Deuce, honestly. Um, but I could imagine watching more film of Cam because of some of those flashes and thinking, yeah, he ends up higher. Um, but just not confident enough in 200 minutes to like put him anywhere. Yeah, totally fair. And, you know, I, I, I sort of feel the same, you know, it's like, unfortunately, and you know, it's like this all goes back to Tibbs in some ways, like all, a lot of these guys, we only did really get to see flashes this year and it would have been nicer to see more than a flash, especially considering a lot of them were showing flashes very consistently. Um, but at any rate, Dallas, my goodness, this has been, a heck of a podcast. Uh, I don't. I don't think we ever envisioned this going this long uh, when we brought you on. But so many great discussions to be had. Obviously, amongst all these Knicks assets, or, or more so, you know, the, the players straight up. The, the, they have these many great guys under the age of twenty five. It's again. I'll say it again. Good problems to have when you have these many guys. That it's this debatable about who's better between all these guys, and and with how much, regardless of competition level that they seem to gel together very quickly and, and, you know, contribute to winning basketball late in the season. Uh, Hopefully we're in for a fun season next year, as long as Tibbs is committed to playing these guys. But Dallas, did you want to let everybody know as we sign off where to find you online um, and all that good stuff before we get rolling here? 
Uh, sure. You can find me on Twitter at Dallas Amico underscore, I believe. Um, That's right, right, right there on your screen if you're on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the screen. Basketball Robot is the, the handle. Um, and yeah, it, I, this is the first time since I remember that the Knicks have had a young core like this. It's weird because it's been a sad, sort of depressing, frustrating season season in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot to be optimistic about um, uh, despite that. A lot of, uh, yeah, this has been a super fun conversation because it's brought that to light in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, so I'm super hopeful and optimistic, and I maybe don't always tweet that way because the season's been a little depressing. Um, but hopefully I'll tweet more optimistically in the offseason thinking about – uh, these these bright future stars. Um, also, I'll plug the Strickland because it's awesome. Uh, and you guys already know because you're listening about Lockdown Knicks, which is also awesome. So that's all. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Dallas, for popping on, giving us so much time. Uh, to everybody listening, uh, we I, I obviously have a lot of more great things to talk about. We've had a couple great multi-part episodes to start this off season off, but stick with us for the rest of the off season. We'll have plenty more things to talk about, including more draft talk sooner than later. Uh, as we get ready to add yet another member to this promising young core going forward, but till next time, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you guys all soon. Peace.